This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Well, I'm back in the saddle tonight, and so should you be. But if you're not, you'll learn how you can strap on the stirrups here on the Sunday Night Sex Show. Giddy up a little bit as we educate everyone about sexual health, how it relates to overall health, making your relationships the best they can be. Good evening. I am Maureen McGrath, a registered nurse in the field of sexual health, author of the book Sex and Health, Why One Can't Come Without the Other, researcher, blogger, clinician, TEDx speaker, and your resource to help start that conversation, answer your questions, and help you discover new and exciting things about sex, love, your body, health, Health and relationships. I make no innuendos, no judgments, and certainly no apologies. Just fearless, straight up sex talk. I seduce you with the sex, but really this show is also about health and love, your body, your relationships, online dating, and more. Let's hope for you it will be illuminating, educational, get you thinking outside of the box, and have a little fun while you're at it. So thanks for being with me tonight. It is always my pleasure to be here with you. There is an aspect of sexual health that is dark, and that is sexual abuse. And isn't that in the news these days, especially sexual harassment? Also, unwanted sexual advances, pedophilia, and rape. Of course, For those of you who have been sexually abused, you are never far from my heart, and I wish you all the best on your healing journey. Good evening, uh, Matt. The, the new Matt. Hey, how's it going, Marie? <laughs> good, how are you? I'm, I'm doing good. You I'm know, doing for, good. Force of habit. We have uh, Amir here tonight as well. Amir yes, is training yeah. up here. The Yeah, he's been a wonderful help so far this weekend. Oh, and, good, yeah. that's fantastic. Well, welcome, Amir, to uh, CKW uh, and the sex show. Getting them all oh, ready for you. Excellent. I like it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Did I give you a cupcake? Anyway, all right, so... Uh, <laughs> We're here tonight. Um, we've got Amir starting, which is great. So he's going to be on the boards, uh, and Matt's going to be helping out a little bit. So if you have a uh, question for me tonight at all, the number to call is 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. I'm very excited about the program tonight because I have a lot of guests, and this show is about the guests and the listeners, of course. And so feel free to call because the doctor is in the house. Yes, Dr. Roy Jackson is going to be joining me tonight. He is a, I know, put the kids to bed. He is a gynecologist, our favorite word and our favorite place to go, really. Um, um, he is a gynecologist and the medical director. He's also uh, at Southern Health Center in Vancouver, as well as White Rock. And uh, he is also a uh, vaginal surgeon. Yes, that is right. He is a vaginal surgeon. So he's going to be joining me, and I'm very excited. We're going to be talking about lots of different things. So this is a uh, segment, guys, you're going to want to listen to, okay? Uh, and ladies, too, of course. <clears throat> uh, also... Uh, there is heartache and there is heartbreak, and we address that just about every single week here on the Sunday Night Sex Show. And Colleen Carson is the author of the guidebook when her son Chance passed away a decade ago, and suddenly her heart not only ached, but it was broken. And as it turns out, though, Colleen had advised her son on the intricacies and the sense and sensuality of romance and love and the reward of romance. She's put her wisdom and advice into a beautiful book called The Guidebook. And this is her son, son's legacy. And so we're going to be talking about that wonderful book, which I have read tonight with Colleen. Also, what about, we heard about younger women, older men. That's no problem. And nobody bats an eyelash or looks uh, in, in an unusual way at all. But what about younger men and older women. Well, I have a story, not only one, I have like 17, but anyway, um, the one in particular, a patient of mine, I asked her how, why she looks so young. 
And she attributed attributed this to younger men in her life. And so I'm going to embellish that a little bit later on in the program. We're going to be talking about this new phenomenon, um, younger men having relationships with whips. Brigitte Marron spoke out about that this week. She said she brought her wrinkles to breakfast while her husband, 24 years younger, President of France, brought his muscles. So can these relationships work out? Also, of course, I'm going to be talking about Wiener Steiner. Did I say that? Oh, that was so disrespectful. I'm so sorry. Not. Um, So we're going to be talking about Harvey Weinstein and his behavior, but not just his behavior, but how common this is across many, many industries. Basically, every woman I've ever spoken to has experienced sexual harassment at work. Workplace bullying is also incredibly common. I've experienced both myself on several occasions in every field, and and in particular in the healthcare field, which is People don't expect that. We expect healthcare professionals to be lovely and wonderful and warm. Um, but you know what? There is the occasional sociopathic physician out there, and unfortunately, I've met him. Um, so I'm going to be talking a little bit more about that and what you can do if you are sexually harassed in the workplace and what women need to do to help each other and also what you need to do to heal if you find yourself emotionally or physically unwell after an experience of workplace bullying well, then you have come to the right place because I'm going to help you out with that. I've gotten incredible emails from you this week, and I'm going to read those emails for you. Also going to be talking about what is the the biggest crisis in families today. You will be surprised. One of those things is that Young people aren't dating anymore, okay? And you, you'll, be, you'll be surprised why, or maybe you won't be surprised to that. We're also going to be talking about falling in love um, and what that means and how scared you might be to fall in love. And is that holding you back from actually meeting the right person? We're also going to be talking about gratitude, how important gratitude is, and how having a dose of gratitude, reframing the way you're thinking about something can actually improve your sleep, and it can also improve your sex life. And that's important. I do hope you put the kitties to bed. Did I mention that already? But please put the children to bed because listener discretion is advised. We may be talking about things that are not um, something their little ears should be hearing. Um, But that said, you should have the sex talk early with your children and you should have it often, even if they're young children. And so I'm going to be giving you some guidance about that tonight. And what is the biggest predictor of divorce? Talking lots about relationships these days, but we're going to focus as well. We're going to focus um, on some health issues and um, also um, a number of other issues. We, we certainly um, veer off occasionally on this show, occasionally, mostly. Um, but anyway, we do bring it back and uh, bring it back to what it's all about. And that is about you having a better life and you having better relationships and you feeling better about yourself and increasing your self-esteem and, you know, strutting your stuff. You know what I'm talking about. Well, Colleen Carson knows what I'm talking about. And when I come back, she is going to be joining me to talk to me about her beautiful book that she has written, The Guidebook. And she is so generous. She has actually given one to me to give away. So if you are a guy out there in need, in desperate need of advice, this is the book for you. And I urge you to call me 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. I am Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. 
Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Maureen McGrath here, recovered from her bubonic plague that she's had for the last eight weeks. But I have a frog in my throat tonight, so pardon me uh, if uh, if you're hearing that. Uh, I think for the last eight weeks I've been saying to anyone who'll listen, is this my voice? Does this sound my, like my voice? Anyway, it may or may not be my voice, but it is me. Thanks for joining me on the program tonight. Um, I am honored to have Colleen C. Carson, author, join me here in the studio. She is a, um, a, a really a, a counselor to anyone who has troubles. Uh, she's been helping people for a long time. That is her nature. Uh, but she is also a very wise woman, and she is the author of the guidebook, the G-U-Y-E-D book, a self-help on how to romance a woman, because it's all about romance. Colleen, thank you so much for joining me in the studio. Oh, thank you, Maureen. Now, Colleen, this is, I have to say, I mean, it's a beautiful book. I read it. It's it's amazing advice uh, for people who are navigating the dating world. Yes. Uh, And, and, and others, it might be beyond, but we won't go there. Um, But uh, you, you have, you seem to have uh, intimate knowledge and understanding about what it is that that guys need uh, mm-hmm. in order to navigate this world. But but let's step it back a little bit. Um, your uh, who this book is for and and why you wrote this and why you feel it's important to have created this legacy for your son. Well, it all started back in, in when my son was in high school, and he came to me when he started dating, and he wanted to know more about women romance and relationships. So I started giving him tips and suggestions and he started following them. And then he said, mom, could you put this in book form or on paper? So I started organizing and all of a sudden it became the guidebook. And so he followed it. He got rave reviews from women. Um, After applying his romance training. That's right. And and understanding women more and what they want. And what is it that women want? What do we want? Women want to be thank you for their love. And the way you can do that is through romance. And men don't understand that. And you know another thing? Romance isn't about money. So if you think the 12 dozen red roses that every man gives so many women and the candlelight dinner... That's lovely, but it's not enough. It's those intimate moments. It's those tiny little thoughts, like... Emptying the dishwasher, cleaning the toilet. Exactly. (laughs) How romantic. I know. (laughs) Or you're walking down the street, and he's holding your hand, and and he just grips a little tighter. And it's just to say, you know what? Thank you. And that is what romance is about. And I think that's what guys have got to learn. And you describe men and women as quite different, mm-hmm. um, although this can apply to all genders and uh, because romancing someone you love is uh, knows no bounds. Exactly. And so, but what are some of the key differences you find between men and women in terms of romance? Well, women, in every aspect of their life, they use their five senses. Men, on the other hand, most, most, on most occasions, they use two. And I think if men become more aware of their senses... So which two do men 
do men use? It depends on, on the situation. It's, is it common sense that they use? No. <laughs> I didn't think so. Okay, let's guess again. Let's have another sense. <laughs> let's try again. So I'm having difficulty remembering what sense that is used ever. Um, okay, there's a sense of smell. Yeah. <laughs> they use that one. Okay, they exactly. use that one. And the sense of taste. They definitely use that one. Exactly. Yes. But there's the other sense of touch. Touch. So is that one that they don't use enough? Not enough. And if you can't touch yourself, who can you touch? Somebody else, right? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Well, recovery. Okay, so the the touch. That's right. We're not touching enough. We're actually touching our iPhones too much, our smartphones. We're touching our computers. We're touching, yes. Everything but each other. Mm -hmm. And that that takes time. It it, it does. And, And you know what? The sense, sound, sound. So that would be listening. That's right. Yes. Is that a sense? Yeah. <laughs> so are Common you saying that men again. aren't listening? We do have a man in the studio. <laughs> He's actually leaving right now. But, um, <laughs> the gynecologist is out the door. <laughs> okay. So, um, but so there. So, in other words, men ought to listen more. But but can we not say that about the uh, women as well? Are, are women too rushed today and too busy and too wanting to make everything perfect? And they're not really listening to the needs of their of their partners. Yeah, I think to be fair. That's yeah, all. and I agree with you. And I think that's what it. The guidebook was written because of my son in guy language, and what I mean by that is, just tell me what to do mindset. So it, but it's for women too. Obviously, it is. Yeah, because you know what we've lost ourselves in the fact that we have to be independent. We have to be on top of everything. We have to be the CEO of of the world, not just our, our, our. And the trouble is. Both men and women never have that intimate moment of conversation, of touch. I mean, we can all have sex. That's easy. Well, not my listeners or emailers. (laughs) They can't. They don't. (laughs) Kidding, listeners. Love you all. Um, But there's a lot of people out there that aren't even having sex. And they they miss the intimacy of it. That's the problem. And that's what happens when, when I believe when the romance leaves the relationship. The love disappears. So you're just simply existing. And you think it's either security, friendship, but it's not passion. And without passion, ah, you're missing out on a lot. And how, what do you think, oh, it's, it's been 10 years since mm-hmm. your son passed away and, and longer than that since you've written this book. Right. And times have changed and life has changed. It's a faster paced world. Everybody is uh, online. Everybody is on their computers. They are texting. They're texting while they're driving, okay? And that just drives me crazy. That's mm. just a little plug there. Me too. They're texting while they're driving. They are so committed to uh, not, you know, not to the human that is lying next to them necessarily because there's a computer in between them or an iPhone in between them. We're bringing that into our bedrooms. Uh, so how do you think in this world this book applies? How... Uh, and by the way, if you want this book, it's an amazing book with great advice. Um, give us a call, 604-280-9898. Um, how, what, is, what would be your best advice for people navigating that in this high-tech world, fast-paced world in which we're living? Stop. Stop and look at the priority in your life. Yes, we all need to pay a mortgage, and yes, we all have to eat, put food on the table, and our kids get sick and everything else. But you know what? 
you love that person. It doesn't take much. Follow my book and you'll see that romance is actually a lot of fun. It's very giving. It's, it's, it's enthusiastic. But more than anything, you'll actually find love again within your partner. And how about stepping it back a little bit for those people who are, you mentioned something that it's not about money, and a lot of people think it is about money. Mm-hmm. In fact, somebody said um, last night at a party that I was at, uh, why didn't Harvey Weinstein's wife leave him? And I said, well, you know, a lot of people marry for a lot of different reasons, and mm-hmm. so then they stay for a lot of different reasons. But how about meeting the right person, and everybody wants to meet that right person, but they settle or they decide, well, this one ticks all the boxes. So how important is romance in meeting the right person? Oh, it's very important. Mm -hmm. I think you have to prioritize what you want, but you can't go overboard either. I mean, I've spoken to both men and women, and I said, well, what are you looking for in a person? And they start giving me the list, and I'm looking at them, I'm going, well, I guess you're going to be alone all your life. So you've got to be realistic. What are the main priorities that you're looking for in that person? And then... Upright. Yeah. Afebrile. Ambulatory. No. <laughs> <laughs> Warm body. Yeah, uh, that no, one's a really good one. Uh, no, that... Um, uh, you know, that they're, they do... I, I find the same thing in my clinical practice where people say, I want somebody 5'10 or taller. I want somebody who has a professional career. I want somebody who drives a particular car, comes from a particular family you know, it has the potential to earn a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and they overlook things like the, their drinking, <laughs> their sex addiction, their exactly. ex-wives. <laughs> um, you know, and so they, they, they settle, basically, That's or right. they, because they think this is what it's supposed to be. And That's so right. then, and then they realize later, maybe, that they fall in love with the arborist that has trimmed their tree. Exactly. Or, um, you know, so... It's it's really the happiest marriages, I think, are the ones that are based on that that chemical attraction. That exactly. It has to be. It has to be chemically. I mean, yes, and I agree with you. Many, more than actually too many, settle. And they don't have to. But I find that within the society, everything is going so fast that they think they have to find that someone so fast, and that's why they settle. And even in settling, though, there must have been something that was attractive. If they didn't have that, you know, animal attraction or, mm-hmm. you know, that chemistry early on, there must have been something that, you know, this person was good enough, shall we say. Mm-hmm. But then then they they may take that romance out of the relationship. They know, They may forget at what it was that made that... Uh, person be the one that they chose or be the one they decided to to settle down with. There's a reason that's termed that. but Well, you know, the, the, the chances of love at first sight is very seldom that happens. It usually you're attracted, you have this chemical reaction uh, towards this person, and then you build on that. Mm-hmm. You know, it might have been a, a really intelligent conversation, mm-hmm. or it might have been a really funny conversation. It, it could have been either. And then you kind of go, well, you know what? I'll try that second, second date. But we have to keep the romance alive. And oh, so, you, you know have what? To. You, this, this book, Colleen, I've read it. It's amazing. It's not just for people who are navigating the dating scene. It's for people who are in relationships and yes. actually want to romance their partner and make their relationship a lot better and a lot more intense and yes. a lot more uh, uh, long-lasting. 
Absolutely. Thank you, Thank you so much, Colleen Thank C. You, Carson. The guidebook is available on Amazon or will Amazon be on, the 18th? on October 18th, and it's going to be $25 until midnight, and then it goes to 33 so Okay. So go to Amazon.com. Fantastic. And you have an event that's coming up as well? Yes. On, on two, Octo- um, Wednesday, October 18th. Okay, perfect. And I'll put yeah. the details on my website. Thank you so much. I am Maureen okay. McGrath. You are listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you. I'm glad that uh, in the last segment we had a couple of dudes call in uh, to uh, about that book, the guidebook. So do get it. But now we're going to switch gears a little bit. And I want to make sure you put the children to bed because we're talking about some pretty serious health subjects here. Uh, it's my honor and pleasure to have Dr. Roy Jackson, a gynecologist, vaginal surgeon, and medical director at Southern Health Center in White Rock and Vancouver, join me in the studio. He is also a colleague of mine. Welcome to the studio, Dr. Jackson. Thanks very much, Maureen. It's great to be here this oh, evening. I am so excited to have you here. So we're going to be talking about, well, you're, first of all, you're a vaginal surgeon. So tell me a little bit about that and why it's important that you let people know you're a vaginal surgeon. I think, uh, Maureen, having been doing this work now for over 20 years, I've developed an expertise in uh, assessing the vaginal area and assessing the vagina in many women of many different ages. And I feel, you know, that I've developed that expertise that I can listen and understand what women are looking for and be able to do my best to try and help them uh, meet their expectation. And it's, un- it's very important that you understand the anatomy and the physiology and the nerves that are in that area, because with any surgery down there, shall we say, any surgery in the vaginal area around the vulva, the clitoris, uh, may result in uh, some complications like nerve pain. And, and so there are plastic surgeons that do this work, but uh, it's, it's but dare I say, it's better to be done by somebody in the know. Absolutely. And I think also for the listeners, Maureen, it's really helpful that they understand not only do I do vaginal surgery, but I also still deliver babies and do vaginal births and I do assisted vaginal births. So I certainly see a whole range of women come to see me, some that have recently had a baby and have some issues with their vagina and other women who are older and they might have some incontinence, they might have some prolapse, or they might just be interested in improving their appearance and most importantly, their self-esteem. I think a lot of what we do, what I do and what we do as gynecologists is really, as I say, listen to what women want and try our best to build up their self-esteem. So not only do I see myself as a vaginal surgeon, but I feel hopefully, hopefully that I play a little bit of a role in helping them build up their, you know, their sense of self-esteem. And, and feeling better about themselves. And certainly that area of a woman's body is an important area, uh, and that is very much tied to her self-esteem and her sexual self-esteem as well. So after a woman has had a baby, many women experience vaginal laxity. So it just doesn't feel the same down there, especially if they've had a large baby, a had a, had a vaginal delivery. And so might that be uh, a typical case that might come to you for vaginal rejuvenation or vaginal contouring? Uh, absolutely, uh, Maureen. And I think that uh, for those women that um, experience the vaginal laxity, it might be part of the problem and part of the issue in their relationship. And I, I try my best to reassure them that it's not the be-all and end-all, but obviously one's intimacy and one's sexual relationship and sexual function, as you well know, is very important for the health of a relationship. And if I can help them, uh, certainly from a gynecological point of view and certainly as a vaginal surgeon, achieve some of that, I think, you know, hopefully I'm doing good. 
I, I know you are. I, I've spoken to many patients. I've sent you many patients as well who've experienced this. So some women will say it just doesn't feel the same down there. And, and Kegel exercises or pelvic floor muscle exercises just won't cut it. It just doesn't change it. So for somebody who's had, say, one baby but wants to continue their family, is this would this be an option for them at that stage? For sure. And I think that it's good, to, as you mentioned, that most of these women are trying Kegel exercises. They might attend pelvic floor physiotherapy. So at least they've tried to um, achieve some increase in their tone of the vaginal muscles in order to do that. Not only you know, do I see, obviously as a gynecologist, I'm only seeing women, but I like to ask them a little bit about their relationship and I'd like to know a little bit about their partner, their spouse, their husband, in terms of what their expectation is. I ask most of them do, whether their partner knows whether they've come to see me for these kind of concerns and what the, what the sentiment is. I'd like to know that there's support on the part of their partner, but most importantly, I'd like to know that the women that are going to consider having vaginal rejuvenation or vaginal tightening, that at at least they're doing it for themselves and they're not doing it because someone's put a gun to their head. That's right. And uh, we won't have that in this country, maybe in the U.S., <laughs> but not here. No. Um, but uh, also sexual sensation is important for women. They may lose that after they've delivered vaginally. But would a woman wait till she's completed her family to have vaginal rejuvenation surgery or vaginal contouring? Certainly. I mean, I would encourage the patients to wait and finish having children before they consider some of the surgeries that I do, because certainly, uh, you know, they can have the vaginal surgery done or the vaginal rejuvenation done and then have another child. But, Mm -hmm. you know, there is definitely a chance that some of that surgical work that I do might be undone, so to speak, from the laxity and from the stretching that might occur during childbirth. That's right. So that's one demographic that might have vaginal rejuvenation. Now, there's another group of women that just are not happy with how they look down there. Or for some women, they have large labia or large vulva, and it rubs against their underwear. It can be actually be a physical problem, and, and we can get to that. But I want to get to the women who uh, feel that they will be more attractive, if that they're not happy with how they look. It's like that they're not happy with their face, so they're going to have a facelift. So they're not happy with how they look, how their vulva and the labia appear, and they are doing it for men or to to be able to land a guy or land another woman, if you will, because um, so do you see patients like that that desire that surgery? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's interesting that you asked that, Maureen, because I mean, certainly in that um, age demographic or, you know, women who are in their late 30s and especially women in their 40s who are no longer in their original relationship and now are in a new relationship and are, so to speak, now looking to find a partner, looking to find a man, they've, they start to look at themselves and wonder, you know, they might have had two or three children, they might have some vaginal laxity, that maybe they are more likely to find a man that they're going to have romance with talking earlier in the studio tonight about romance and they're more likely to find a man and be more romantic if they've got a rejuvenated vagina and, and they feel this way right and they and feel this, is this important. way and i i you know so I've, I've actually come to the conclusion and seen that a lot of the women that are coming to see me are in a new relationship or either are single and they've got an ex and now they're looking to find a new partner and certainly if they've come to see me wanting vaginal rejuvenation or vaginal tightening i'm very quick to also make sure they understand that no matter how good a surgeon i am and no matter what a great job I might do to rejuvenate their vagina, it doesn't necessarily mean that they this is going to be the panacea and that they're not going to necessarily find a man just because they've got a rejuvenated vagina and that there's a lot more to relationship. And, you know, certainly 
obviously I'm there to help them. But at the same time, I really use my medical background and my gynecological background to try and make as good a decision as possible as to who I'm going to operate on. It's interesting for your listeners also to know that I see a lot of women who come to see me who I feel are not candidates for surgery. And I actually tell them that I think they should go and, you know, seek other help, maybe at counseling, maybe some psychological help because of the fact that I like to think I'm making a good decision as to who I'm going to help in this fa- in this fashion. And then it's somebody with good mental health, and this is something that will actually help with their self-esteem and help them feel better about themselves if it truly does hmm. bother them. But we're going to get to another reason why women may want to rejuvenate their vaginas when I come back. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you. And I have the good doctor in the house. Dr. Roy Jackson is here with me. He is a gynecologist. We all love going to the gynecologist, don't we, ladies? Love getting up in those stirrups. Just a favorite thing to do. What are you doing today? I'm going to the gynecologist. Yay! You don't tell anybody that. But anyway, you need to because it's an important physician. It's an important medical and healthcare practitioner in your life. Pelvic exams are important. Pap smears are important up to the age of 69, uh, and also uh, just, un, you know, understanding um, about your labia and how things are looking down there. So we're going to be talking labia with Dr. Roy Jackson, gynecologist, vaginal surgeon, and medical director at Southern Health Center in White Rock and Vancouver. Thanks for staying here with me, talking about one of my favorite subjects. Uh, I have been called the vagina whisperer, I have to say, Dr. Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> in the past, <laughs> well, because I examine vaginas as well, because I deal with prolapse and um, leakage of urine and those issues in women. But uh, but a lot of women come to you because they, to put it no other way, they lack labia love. So they actually don't. <laughs> they feel that their labia isn't good enough, and that can impact their relationships, the potential to be in a relationship. So why the lack of labia love? Well, I'm not sure that um, it's all about, you know, uh, labia love. It's obviously part of it. I think uh, it certainly comes down to confidence and to self-esteem. You know, a couple of patients that I've seen, a good examples to illustrate the point, uh, Maureen, would be, you know, a patient uh, who I recently had who works as a lifeguard. And in the summer during, you know, wearing her bathing suit, she's got a fantastic body. She looks great, but she struggles to wear a tight bathing suit or she struggles to wear a bathing suit at all because she's worried because she's got labia that she's not happy with how it looks that it's affecting her self-esteem and it's affecting her confidence. And her job. And her job, Does absolutely. she have large labia? Is that the and problem? And she's, she's got a lot of extra tissue there. Right. And I think it's also important for the listeners to understand that it's, you know, a lot of people ask about this word normal. They say, Dr. Jackson, do I look normal down there? And I tell them, I'm not sure what really normal means. And it's more about what their expectation is and the reason they've come to see me. Look, let's be honest, eh, Maureen, for them to come, for a woman to come and see a male gynecologist and talk to me about their labia, you got to understand that these women are serious. They're not wasting my time. It's not like they're walking in off the street to buy a Starbucks. They're right. coming in off the street and they're booking an appointment to see me because it's bothering their confidence it's bothering their self-esteem. And if I can do something to help them and uh, achieve that, then I feel, you know, I'm doing my job. Absolutely. And um, and it's, it is just such an important aspect because if a woman, you know, when, when we think of athletics, for example, so, you know, swimming or, or the lifeguard, 
bike riding. You know, it it might be painful for a woman who had um, a large area, large um, extra tissue in that area uh, to bike ride. I mean, even to to put on a wetsuit would be uncomfortable um, to ski to snowboard, so it might actually get chafed, and they may have problems. And if you have a call, uh, question for the doctor, by all means, give us a call, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. So you do vaginal contouring for these women? I do, uh, Maureen, and it's generally the contouring, labial contouring, primarily relates to... Oh, yes, labial contouring. Sorry, I said <laughs> vaginal, didn't I? I there. <laughs> and I think, you know, the word vaginal contouring, it all mm. really means the same. I think that, you know, for a lot of people, the understanding exactly of what the labia is, the labia majora, the labia minora, the vagina, it's really, m- my job is to be able to listen and try and understand what they've come to see me about. But primarily, we're talking about generally the labia minora or the inner lips, mm-hmm. as opposed to the outer lips. Mm-hmm. And often, a lot of these women have a lot of extra tissue there. There might be some asymmetry where where the one side doesn't look at the same as the other side. There might be some protrusion of the clitoral hood area. And most of these women just f- don't feel confident about it. Another patient I had uh, recently as well, she was entering into a new relationship and she was at the stage where and on the verge of becoming intimate with her partner. And she said, well, she's not sure she wants to really go forward with this because what is he going to think about what she looks like down there? And he doesn't give a rat's, you know, exactly. <laughs> he and doesn't I, care at all. That's right. right. But that's she's, the other thing, you know, it's yeah. affecting her confidence. And she said in her last relationship, every time she was intimate, she used to turn off the lights because if they had oral sex, she didn't really want him to see what uh, she would, what she she looks like right. down there. And she would be very fearful during oral sex if she didn't feel confident about what she looked like down there. And oral sex is so pleasurable for women. And it's such a beautiful and intimate experience. And, and often, uh, many women are only able to experience orgasm through oral sex. So I would imagine this would definitely impact somebody's sexual self-esteem and really impact their relationship in a very negative mm-hmm. way. Absolutely. What about the patient who comes to you and you think, oh, no, this is not for this patient? Who are those people? Who are the people that are not good candidates? I think that those that, you know, in talking to them, and I spend a lot of time talking to the patient even before we do the examination, mm-hmm. because I want to get a sense, and I, I, even though I might know what they're coming to see me about because they've had a referral, most of the time I'll say to them, you know, how, how can I help you? And then I'll just listen because if I sense from talking to the patient that the expectation is most importantly that I cannot deliver on that expectation, she's probably not the kind of candidate that I'm going to operate on. And, you know, in those situations where I'm not sure or uncertain, I might delay the decision and we might have a follow-up meeting. In other words, give an opportunity for that patient to think about what we've discussed and to go back and discuss it. Sometimes they might discuss it with their with their partner and some of them might discuss it with their family doctor. And I think that it's, it's a process where you want them to feel they're making the right decision. And more importantly, I want to feel that I'm making the right decision, that at the end of the day, that I'm going to be able to help them. Exactly. And so we want to shift gears again, because now that I have a gynecologist in the house, (laughs) was that guy part, you know, intentional? But anyway, um, that I want to talk about a, a a condition, a medical condition, GSM, or genitourinary syndrome of menopause. And I'm sorry, guys out there that we're focusing so much on on the vagina right now, but it's important. It's important for your sex life, too. Um, So many women experience vaginal pain or sexual pain. And you don't actually have to be sexually active in order to experience pelvic pain, um, uh, you know, or vaginal pain. 
And so this condition, genitourinary syndrome of menopause, vaginal dryness, vaginal atrophy, um, it may have leakage of urine, they may have painful sex, they may have thin watery discharge, postcoital bleeding, uh, may get recurrent urinary tract infections. So talk to me about that a little bit and how common that is and how important it is for women to have that treated. Yeah, Maureen, I'm so glad you asked me that question because that word atrophy, I think that word is just such it's, a derogatory it's term. It's worse than gynecologist, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. It's <laughs> <laughs> Completely and totally. You know, I, I think we should exclude that from our vocabulary because that word, you know, if I was a woman and, and the, my doctor told me that my vagina was atrophic, it's a horrible sounding word. If they look up what the meaning is of that word, it's terrible. Exactly. So they run out screaming. Exactly. So I, <laughs> don't say it to your patient. I don't even use that word. And I had I a can, journalist one time say, can we change the word vaginal atrophy? to vaginal fitness. I'm like, I mean, really, we can't do that. But that's how desperate people are. It's terrible. So the new terminology, which I think is a a little bit of an improvement, is genitourinary syndrome. But essentially, in my own practice, when I'm talking to patients and discussing this, I substitute that word atrophy with the fact that their tissues are fragile. So I would like to think that a woman prefers to hear that her tissues are fragile and maybe a little bit more thin and that we as a doctor have to be gentle and their partner has to be gentle Mm -hmm. because their tissues are fragile. Most of these women that you're referring to with genitourinary syndrome or what I refer to as the tissues being fragile, most of them are in their Mm postmenopause and most of them are lacking in estrogen. And really this whole compartment, and that's the thing as well for the listeners to understand, it's a whole compartment we're talking about. It's not only the vagina – but it's the bladder, it's the bowels. And really, by treating that area with vaginal estrogen, you're going to nourish the tissues better. And I like to use that word, nourish the tissues better, so they're not going to be nearly as thin. They're going to have a lot less pain during intercourse. They're going to have less frequent bladder infections and less incontinence. And it can make a vast difference. And the important estrogen's thing- gotten a bad name. I don't want to, because a lot of people associate it with uh, the Women's Health Initiative study and the increased risk of breast cancer and cardiovascular disease and stroke. But in the vagina, it's localized. Is it safe to use local? Localized estrogen therapy. Absolutely. And I usually tell the patients to use it twice a week at nighttime. It can be absorbed while they're sleeping at nighttime. And I bring up these issues, especially the breast cancer issue, because I know when they read those inserts in the product monograph mm-hmm. or they speak to their pharmacist, they're going to get fearful of using it. The other thing for your listeners to remember as well is that it doesn't work overnight. Right. It takes a bit of time to work, and they've got to really stick with it if they want to see the benefit. That's right. Two to three months to optimize after two weeks of nightly dosing and then twice a week. I also want to talk about the new hormone-free laser therapy, the Mona Lisa Touch. So tell me about that. Uh, we actually have it at the North Vancouver Women's Clinic where I work, and uh, we're having great results. It takes five minutes. What, what are you thinking of this new laser technology? I think it definitely has a role to play. It's, a, it's certainly less invasive than the more surgical approach, and it's something that can be done in the doctor's office clinic setting as opposed to in the operating room. And for those women that are experiencing the fragile tissues in the vaginal area or the some of the lack of the lax if they're missing the laxity in the vagina, I think there's a role to play for the uh, laser and the Mona Lisa touch. And a healthy vagina is also very important in terms of arousal, lubrication, excitement, and experiencing orgasm. So many, uh, even perimenopausal women who are losing estrogen in their urogenital tract and postmenopausal women, they will tell me they no longer experience orgasm, and they 
then that leads to low sexual desire. Who wants to have sex if you can't experience orgasm and you were experiencing orgasm before? And so just getting that vagina healthier is really helpful in terms of your sexual function. And um, so that's um, the Mona Lisa Touch. It's a new hormone-free laser therapy. It's available in North Vancouver at my clinic, North Vancouver Women's Clinic.ca is where you can go to, um, uh, to find out some more information about that. But how would a woman come and see you? How If she wanted to talk to you talk to you about labial con- contouring, uh, getting a little bit more labial love, perhaps for herself, uh, vaginal rejuvenation, GSM. Uh, how what would be the best way for her to contact you? So the best way would be through uh, my clinic, Southern Health Center, and they can reach us on six zero four five three one eight seven zero seven. Well, just have you slow down just a tad, doctor. <laughs> it's you're like you're writing, you know, like just whip it off, and nobody can read it, and then we chase you all around town, and you're in the nurses' lounge. No, I mean, that's a joke because <laughs> I digress, but I'll tell you about that afterward. So, what's your number? Slow down, and we'll say it twice so that the listeners can hear it. It's six zero four. Five three one eight seven zero seven, and they would uh, come and see us. They, I would book a consultation with me where we would have an opportunity to discuss what their uh, needs are and how we can try best to help them. And you can see patients in uh, White Rock or at, Vancouver in, at Southern Medical Center or in Vancouver, which is nice because some women don't want to travel all the way, you know, from Vancouver out to White Rock, but. You're in both places. So if you're in Vancouver, you can see Dr. Roy Jackson here in Vancouver, or you can see Dr. Roy Jackson in White Rock. And so it's just been fantastic to have you in the house tonight. Uh, the joke about the doctor's lounge was I saw something on LinkedIn, and they and I wanted your opinion on this. Was they said that it used to be that doctors um, had their own lounge, and they could go in there, and they could talk to their doctors, other doctors exclusively about cases. And, and poor doctors, they no longer have this lounge anymore, and, you know, spaces... Um, a, you know, is um, limited in hospitals. And, and so, you know, woe is them kind of thing. And I said, well, you know, actually, it's medical care and healthcare has morphed. And we have an interdisciplinary team now. And, and the lounges are more for everybody. And so you can go in and talk to, you know, if you want to talk in confidence about your cases and confidentiality to team members. And so that's really where the doctor's lounge has gone mm. and, and has changed. Would you agree with that? I would. That? And I think it's actually a loss to the medical profession. And it's a loss to healthcare that we don't have the doctor's lounge the way it used to be, because it was, as you say, an opportunity for a doctor to get some advice from a colleague, from a specialist about a difficult patient. So I think it's a pity. And maybe we've got to find a way to bring it back into healthcare. All right. Well, thank you so much. Appreciate your opinion. Always a pleasure to have you in the house, Dr. Roy Jackson. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.